listening to Building the Village, a show that focuses on how different villagers are making an impact in the villages where they serve. Each episode features insights and practical strategies that you can use to motivate teams, mentor individuals, and maximize time and talent. I'm your host, Dr. Brandon W. Jones, founder and speaker at B. Jones Speaks, LLC. Thanks for tuning in. What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year and welcome to this new year edition of the Building the Village podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brandon Jones, and I've got two very special guests with me today in none other than Michael Ward Jr. and Desiree Cross Ward. That's right. Our first husband and wife couple family. How y'all doing today? Hey, Brandon, we're doing fantastic. Brandon and listeners, so happy to be here on the podcast. Um, Happy New Year to you as well and everyone listening. Thanks for the invitation to come join you today. We're super excited. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Listen, before we get into the Q&A portion of the show, why don't y'all do me a favor and y'all can take turns how y'all want to do this. But um, I want to start with just giving you all a chance to just talk about um, you know, just give give the audience a chance to know a little bit about you. You know, you tell us who you are, where you're from, and how you got to where you are today. And so either one of you can go first. I'll let you I'll let you decide who, who goes first. Well, you know, ladies first. So go ahead. There you go, man. Smart man, smart man, smart man. Well, again, I'm Desiree Cross Ward. I am originally from Salisbury, North Carolina. Just went back home for the holidays to go visit and was able to reground myself from my roots, which felt really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated from UNC Chapel Hill. So, you know, I got to give a shout out to my Tar Heels. I have a background in journalism. Um, moved to Austin about five, five years ago. Moved to Austin about five years ago. Um, Started working at UT Austin, was there for about five or six years Mm -hmm. um, in their communications office um, before venturing out on my own to to start Two Word Solutions, which we'll get to later on in the podcast. Um, But yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm going to pass it on to Michael. I may ask some things depending on what he says. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, once again, everybody, all the listeners, and Brandon, well, thanks again for the invitation and having us here. So uh, I'm Michael Wood Jr. And I've been here in Austin for about five years now. I'm originally from Miami, Florida, uh, but um, I went to school at UNC. So I, I am a Tar Heel. So once again, a shout out to the Tar Heels. Um, that's where Desiree and I actually met was at UNC. And after graduation, I started working at Oracle up in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and after graduation is when Des and I did, you know, decided to rekindle our relationship. So we were doing long distance for a little bit while I was in, in Boston. And then after about a year, we were like, all right, you know, yeah, we, we, we got to go somewhere. We, you know, we can't continue this long distance. So Austin, Texas was the destination. Um, so that was back in 2015, 2016. And, you know, we've been rocking and rolling here in Texas now for about five years. Uh, so my background's in technology, um, but I, I do wear many different hats, um, all really focused on creating businesses that solve society problems. Uh, that That's really where my focus is. My wife likes to call me a social entrepreneur, um, and that's stuck. And now a lot of other people call me a social entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm very excited to be here. And I know we'll talk about you know, different companies, different initiatives, you know, just different things we got going on. But, but ultimately, 
know, just here to support my wife, support the great work that we're doing in the community and get things going. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you said the social entrepreneur piece, because I like to let people, you know, identify how they identify. And I was like, I don't want to throw that label at him if he don't claim it. So I'm like, so I'm glad you said that, because that's exactly how I see you, brother. Because uh, every time I look up, y'all, if y'all don't know Michael Ward Jr., listen, I, I would see Michael at church and, and around the city. But I really saw Michael, brother, I saw you operating in your bag. I think it was at a uh, meetup event at Google uh, a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know this dude. That's, that's Desiree's husband. I think that was one of the first times I actually got a chance to actually have a conversation with you. And then I remember I, I saw you get on the microphone and I was like, dang, this dude is dropping some gems. I'm like, hold on. I didn't know you had that in you. And so for me, that was the time, that was the moment where I saw like, okay, this is his space. This is what he does. This is when he really in his bag. And then when I started following you on social media, that's when I really saw like, okay, this dude, this dude is out here doing making moves with the people. And so uh, I'm just so proud of the work that you are doing. And, and, and you know, Desiree, of course, we worked uh, together at the University of Texas, uh, but I'm just, I'm super stoked about the fact that you out doing your own thing now. Like I'm, I'm loving it. Like I, I was talking about you the other day at church to somebody. I was just like, Hey, Desiree doing a thing. Y'all let's make sure we support that. Let's get behind it. Cause uh, we, we all been like that time we've been ready for it. So, um, yeah, so let's, so let's, let, let, let's ask the, let's ask the first question, which, you know, some of our listeners are, are very familiar with. And this is the one uh, that centers around the theme of the show, building the village. Can y'all each tell us uh, who are the people in your village or in your lives that help you get to where you are today? People in my village. Um, so I'm going to start off answering this question with a story. I like to tell everybody this story because it is very central to how I, how I built my village here in Austin, Texas, and why it was important for me to do so. So I told y'all that I'm from Salisbury, North Carolina. Um, born, raised, bred, educated, whole family is there. And it's a very diverse place, I would say. Um, and I moved from there and came to Austin, Texas, which is a very white city compared to where I'm from. Um, and that was a cultural shock for me. I worked in an office where I was the only black person in that office. UT Austin is a very white campus. And then the city itself was white. And so here I am moving to this city surrounded by all these white people. And I'm like, yo, where the black people at? And so I was like, there's one place I'm going to find some Black people. It's going to be church on Sunday, right? So one of Michael's friends invited us to, to church. He was a, a, a Black male. And I just assumed that because he was Black, he attended a Black church. So I'm super excited to go to church, be surrounded by my people, because like I said, all I've seen is white folks. Brandon, y'all, I go to this church and it's a white church. Oh. And I last maybe 10 minutes before I have a full on panic attack mm. because I am missing community. I am missing being around people who look like me and who I can identify with. 
Um, so after that, I realized, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to be very intentional about finding my community, about finding my village. And after that, um, I ended up joining the Black Faculty Staff Association at UT Austin. So that's the Black Employee Resource Group that they have at the university. Um, and that really helped me to like find some community and realize that I am not alone in the experiences that I have as a Black woman in higher education. Um, so joining that employee resource group was extremely helpful in building my village. Um, and then I also joined uh, Austin Area Urban League Young Professionals. And so that was a way for me to establish myself professionally outside of post-secondary education and in the community of Austin itself. Um, and then lastly, I was able to build my village with Greater Mount Zion. Shout out to GMZ. GMZ. They have been um, very essential in building my spiritual village and helping me grow in that realm. So Again, I was very intentional about building my village when I came here to Austin, Texas, because it was important for me to have community um, and put, really put down roots in this city, especially when I realized um, how much the city had to offer. I wanted to be able to give back. So not only did those organizations help me to find a village, but they also provided me with venues to, to give back as well. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's a powerful story. We're going to come back to a couple of those things in just a second. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we can skip the story part. You don't got to bring back Come on, Michael. You can share the story if you got one. We all about stories in the village, brother. So so for me, when I really think about my village and uh, the people and geez, the community that have got me to our rest today, you know, number one, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is my mom and my grandparents. Um, uh, I had uh, one of my grandma's best friend. I consider her my second grandma. Um, those those individuals, those ladies, they have just instilled in me ever since I was a kid. Just be the best version of myself that I can be. Right? You know, it, it wasn't about not making mistakes. It was about just learning from your mistakes and learning from other people's mistakes. Right? You know, they would always say, you know, if there's a Jamaican saying, I say, if you don't listen, you feel. Right? So if you don't want to listen to what people are saying, well, you're gonna go through life experiencing a lot of challenges. And there was definitely moments in my life when I didn't listen, you know, I was stubborn and I was reckless. And then I realized the consequences of those actions. Uh, but, but my mother, you know, my grandmother, my, my second grandmother, those three individuals were always there in regardless capacity I needed them to be, right? From, from a child to supporting me, make sure food's on the table, clothes on my back, make sure I was able to get to school, make sure I understood the value of school and, and what that means as a black man here in society, right? So they were really, they really wanted me to make sure that when I was by myself, I had a good foundation to fall back on, right? Because they knew that they weren't always going to be there, right? I mean, I, I left I left Miami when I was what, 20 years old, right? So I, I and when I was 18, I was having my own place, right? So from a from a not early early age, from an earlier age, I was really molding that independence, right? Understanding my values and keeping those values through what I do today. So, you know, Desiree talked a lot about her community here in Austin. And when I came to Austin, my I knew I was going to build community. I didn't know what the community looked like here. Um, I didn't do any research before we selected Austin, Texas. It just made sense out of all of our other options, right? So we just came. And just like every other city I've been to, it was like, all right, well, now that I'm here and I'm going to be here now, let's build. Right. Let's start to know where we're going to go. Right. Let's find our barbershop. Right. Let's find the boys that we're going to go and talk basketball with. Right. Who are we going to invite over for, for poker? 
all right, what does the business setting look like, right? And because of the work that I do through Austin Urban Technology Movement, we focus all about getting individuals at the tech space, right? So when we look at the tech industry based on my time at Oracle, there wasn't a lot of diversity inside the tech space. So when I came to Austin, it was like, hey, where's this community? You know, where's this village that, that's here already that, that I need to tap into so I can begin to expand the village, right? And really begin to build, not just on a, on a personal side, but really in the, in the work environment, right? In society, you know, in our community. And that goes back to just being a social entrepreneur, right? And really building the connective tissue. Because if you don't have a village, well, you, you can't really go far, right? So my wife mentioned GMZ. Yeah, shout out to GMZ. That was a huge part of our, of our village. A shout out to Austin Area Urban League and Professional. That was a huge part of our village, right? And then all, all the different groups are of, of like-minded individuals that shared a, a focus about making the community better, right? And making it better for those that currently the community isn't so good for, right? Like, like, like that, that's the focus, right? Where are the people in need and how can we build the village to, to get there? So so definitely mom, grandmas, for sure, 100%. But then, you know, taking that and building it, you know, specifically here locally to build on that. Now, both of you touched on this, but I want, I want, to, give, I want to give you all a chance to elaborate for people that are listening because a lot of people listening, they hear Austin and they think, you know, the University of Texas, they think barbecue, they think live music in some cases. Um, but they're shocked when people tell them how white this place can be, even though Black Austin does exist. People don't understand the struggles and the history uh, of, of Black Austin in this area. Share with our audience like what what's this like being a person of color or in Desiree's Desiree in your experience, for example, coming from a place that's incredibly diverse to come into a place that not only is not so diverse, but in some cases, as some people say, is it may, may not. I wouldn't say not welcoming, but may not be the, the experience that they want. Can y'all talk about the importance of trying to find community in spaces like that? Great question, Brandon. I would say. First and foremost, we made an effort to learn the history of the space that we were in. Um, and like a lot of cities in America, um, the city is very segregated based on race. And it's not by happenstance. It was very much so designed that way. And so when me and Michael came to the city, it was very, it was a stark difference between Central Austin and East Austin and Central Austin and West Austin. And so it was like, okay, how did we get here? How do we have these group of people, these people, these Hispanic people and these Black people concentrated in this one area of the city and the rest of the city looks starkly different? Um, and so we made an, a very intentional effort to learn the history of the city. And we learned about the 1928 plan, mm -hmm. which was the um, the city development plan for Highway 35 that was built to intentionally um, to segregate the city. And even before 35 was built, we they put all of the, the Black and Hispanic and Indigenous people in a specific area of the city mm -hmm. and said, if you want any type of city resources, then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to move to this area in order to get those. Right. Um, so once we realized the intentional planning that went into segregating the city, we were able to understand um, why the city looked the way that it did. We were able to understand where to go if we want to 
find our culture in in Austin. Um, And we also realized that although the city itself may not be that diverse, as you alluded to, Black Austin is alive and well. We just spread out (laughs) all over the city. And we're in the greater Austin area as well, like Pflugerville and Maynard and Round Rock. Um, so I would say the people who are interested in moving to Austin, Texas or here in Austin, Texas and str- Black people in particular and who are struggling to find their people and find a sense of belonging, mm-hmm. we are here. There yeah. is a false narrative that we are not here, but we Reach. are here. It's just a matter of understanding where we are. Um, and as Michael alluded to, building on to what has already been here as well. If you see something that you want to happen and it ain't here, then I, I guarantee you that you can find other people who are looking for that same thing or who are starting to build something that you can um, add to there. Um, so learning learning the history of the city was really important. And then me and Michael both talked about being intentional about the organizations that we sought out in order to find people, um, not only Black people, but young professionals and people with our spiritual beliefs as well. And so this, this idea of a village is so important because it is what helps you to feel like you belong in a space. And that's so important, that sense of belonging wherever you go in life. Man, I agree with everything that, that you said, but I'm going to come at it from a different perspective because for me, I I really do laugh, man, when people say there's no like Black people here and so many thoughts come through my mind. So the first thing is I'm from Miami. So I grew up seeing everybody. I saw Colombians, Venezuelans, Brazilians. I saw Eastern Europeans. Mm-hmm. I saw Russians. I saw people from China, from Japan. I saw people from uh, from New Zealand, from Australia, right? So I grew up from so many different types of people, you know, just being in my area that I knew if I go to certain spots, I'll find certain type of people, right? Just because of how many people are in the city. So when I, when I hear this idea of, you know, going to a new city, not feeling welcome or not knowing the spot, it's like, that's how it's always, that's, that, that's, it's always like that when you go to a new city. So to sure. me, that's not really something that makes it so difficult or challenging to to fit in or to understand is actually makes it more of importance, right? That because I don't know, because I don't understand, oh, let me actually get let me get familiar with this, right? And I think about my times in Miami, going to a new spot in Miami that I never been to. I may hear some I may, may hear some Hispanic music, some Caribbean music. I'm gonna see some 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 type of cues to make me say, okay, you know, these are the type of people that are here. Cool. Let me go and, you know, bond with them. Let me go engage with them. Right. And I think that's one of the missing pieces that I've seen that's been challenging is that people don't feel welcome, right? So because people don't feel welcome and don't know where to go, mm-hmm. that's where they get that, fr- that frustration or that challenge. So a lot of my work in building the community is like, all right, well, you know, let's make it that welcome part, right? So when people come, you know, oh, you should know about YP. Oh, you should know about GMZ. Oh, you should know about ADMHQ, right? Let, let me start to plug you in immediately sure. so you can know where people are because we are so spread out, right? Because we are not really all over the place here in Austin or here in greater Austin, but there's plenty of us here. There's plenty of opportunities here. You just got to get plugged in, right? And, and if you really think about every opportunity that came beforehand, there is always this idea of exploration, right? This idea of finding something new and being okay with the challenges in finding that new thing, right? And, and that's how that's how a lot of growth happens. So I think there's also a misconception 
just given what people expect when they come here mm-hmm. and and just really just like there's like a disconnect between what moving to a new city looks like and what taking advantage of opportunity look like right because there is some level of discomfort that it comes with opportunity and i think if you fully understand that then you'll see the value that central texas really is right you know it's a land of milk and honey you just got to be willing to put the work in to get it there despite whatever challenge that may be there right right despite whatever challenges just put in the work to make it happen then you'll you'll see the benefits right and then look at us 5 years later and, and now we're in our in our home right now now we're about to have a baby right there's so many milestones that happened because we didn't you know leave because of some challenges that came because racism is everywhere right and there, there's you're not going to see you're not going to see opportunity everywhere right so a lot of people moved to more difficult times because they saw the opportunity and they allowed that to flourish so. See, y'all are dropping some major gems. And one of the things I want our audience to pick up on is these are young professionals. They ain't almost 40 like me. All right. And that's why I wanted y'all on the show, because, you know, one of the perspectives, like I, I can share Austin because I've always wanted to live here. I'm from Texas. I grew up in East Texas, which is not that diverse, but it's definitely segregated as well. Um, went to college in West Texas that Again, it's also segregated. And then I moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and bounced around before finally arriving down here in Austin, which is where I wanted to be. And I'm, I'm, everybody knows I'm super extroverted, so I'm going to go look. I'm going to explore. And, you know, I, I would say that you all have done an exceptional job of creating spaces uh, where people feel welcome because I'm not in the tech space. But every time I've shown up at some of the events, uh, Michael, that I know that you've had something to do with or, uh, you know, Desiree, I've heard from different people who uh, have interacted with you in the city. And the thing that everybody keeps saying is that I felt so welcomed. I felt appreciated. I felt like I belonged. And that is there. And and again, you all are and I I ain't paid them to say this stuff, y'all. So don't think that I I planted some notes and told them this stuff like y'all are speaking the mission and vision of why I did this podcast is because I want people to see why it's important to intentionally build community no matter where you are. Because like you said, Michael, the truth of the matter is racism is everywhere. Um, it's going to be a struggle, but I like the fact that you framed it under the lens of um, there's just some challenges that just come with moving to a new place. Can y'all share with especially people in your age demographic why just just some other tips for being okay with exploration and being okay with letting the dust settle in a place before we go all right i've had it i'm moving i'm done here because we desiree you and i both know this because you know we've had co-workers and different friends uh that just austin just didn't click for them i have a friend that i went to undergrad with that's here right now and she's getting ready to move to dallas and i'm like okay but did you did you really give it a chance here? Like, did we find it? Can you share with, um, you know, your generation why it's important to just let the dust settle before we just up and move? Yeah. So for the, for the listeners here, just so y'all know, me and Michael are 29. We'll be turning 30. Oh my gosh, this year. We'll be 30 this year. <laughs> so that's that's the, the age range that we're, that we're working in. When we first moved to Austin, we were 24. We were 24 years old when we first moved to Austin, all right? So we have experienced Austin in our mid-20s entering into our 30s, all right? 
Um, and as far as like tips for exploring, Michael talked about this a little bit earlier, and I want to reiterate and make sure that y'all caught it, which is Austin is a place where a lot of people are moving to. You have a lot of transplants come into the city because it is an area for opportunity. Mm -hmm. And as people are coming here, they oftentimes compare it to where they are leaving from, which is the mistake that I, not really a mistake, but just which what I did, I was comparing it to North Carolina and where I was coming from. And I had these expectations based on my limited knowledge of the world, really. I had only ever lived in North Carolina and had never lived anywhere else. And a lot of times people will come to Austin, Texas and compare it to big cities like Atlanta or, or LA or New York. And it's like, it's not that. It is something completely of its own. And it's important when you move here to let go of any type of expectations that you have based on cities that you lived in in the past and really come here um, focused on, on what it is you want to get out of this city. It's very easy to fall into this um, comparison mindset, whether you're comparing your city, whether you're comparing your, your career path. And it's important to know for yourself what it is you want to get out of this city um, and, and, and focus on that versus comparing it to where you came from or comparing it, um, comparing yourself to your peers. And I think if you if you focus on yourself and where you're trying to go in your own path, it will make um, your experience in this city a lot richer. Mm. Mm. That, that was well said. That, that was well put. I agree with that. I like the, the comment that you said really about understanding what is it that you want when you come to Austin. Mm -hmm. I think that is very important because people do come here thinking one thing and then it just shifts, right? And it changes and that's okay. But at the same time, I would recommend having a plan, right? So, you know, I would say, hey, go to Austin, you know, say, at least set some type of expectations, but really think about what is it that you want and realize that Austin is in the building phases, right? You know, and, and this is my opinion. Austin is a big town, right? You know, like, like Austin is a big town growing into a big city. Like it's a big town trying to get into a big city, not even a small city. It's it's on that trajectory and that growth. And because of that, there's going to be some pain points just from an infrastructure standpoint, right? So the roads, you know, there's going to be traffic. We got to think about the nightlife, right? A lot of people here are moving here. So now people in different things. So the nightlife is now changing and evolving. You got to think about the outdoor activity. So just in general, the city is trying to accommodate the growth that it's experiencing. And like anything, there's going to be some bumps along the way. Mm -hmm. So you can be, you know, and then you know, I'm going to use a company reference. You could be a part of the early growth, the early stages, right? And then reap the benefits uh, of the buildup later on. Or, you know, you're going to leave and then you're going to see the growth later. Then you don't want to come back, right? Mm -hmm. Because think about all the people that left from certain spots that are moving back now, right? You know, a lot of people are moving back to certain areas once they realize what they want, right? This is happening across the United States. Um, but, but once you really think about it from that perspective, Austin right now has a great opportunity. Many people are moving here. You just have to be willing to put in a, a little bit of work to build that community. Right? I'm, I'm going to go back to the first question. Because if you build your community where, where you are, you will more likely stay longer, right? And, and, and if you stay longer, you'll begin to reap some of the benefits that can only come from time. Right, because there's certain things you can only do once you've been there for so long, and if you leave without the opportunity to do so, well, then you, you may have missed a great opportunity. 
Mm. I'm learning this, y'all. I'm sitting over here taking notes for the show, but I'm also like, let me remember that myself. I want to shift gears, but I want to do it on a related note because, uh, you know, Desiree, I met you. I don't know if you remember this, but I think I connected with you at the Black Student Athlete Summit over Twitter uh, back in 2017. And the way Desiree carried herself on social media, y'all, I thought Desiree was like a professor and like, was like this famous, like if y'all follow Desiree on social media, you'd be like, oh, okay, I can see that. I thought Desiree was this professional social media person on campus and was just like killing the game. And so I'm like, bet, well, if I get a job at UT, I got to connect with this sister. And so when I got here, I, Desiree, I don't know if you remember, but I reached out, was like, hey, I got a job here. Let's meet. And you were like, well, you know, I'm a grad student. I'm like, grad student? I'm like, What? <laughs> Nah, 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 nah. You, you, you run this university as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but, but it was the fact that you carried yourself in such a, a distinct man. You stood out on social media, and I never forgot that about you. And so when I learned that you know that was your thing, that's your bag, I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Can you talk to the folks listening to this episode about the importance? of, you know, building your brand or your social media presence or getting that established because we're in a new day and age, right? Uh, you know, our student athletes, for example, th this is this is their time. Our uh, companies and businesses, you know, both of you have strong social media presences and that and that's intentional. Can you talk to us about why that's important in 2022? I'm getting used to saying that, 2022. I would love to. Uh, again, my background is in journalism. I studied public relations specifically. And public relations is the art of building relationships. And so the tool that I have learned to use and grow to love to use over the years for building relationships is social media. Um, so when social media first started, like I was on social media just to, to have a presence there to connect with friends. And it wasn't until I got to UT Austin where I started to using it started using it more in a professional realm. realm. Um, I created a Twitter account for my job. I already had a Twitter account. I had a Twitter account from college. I discontinued that when I created a new one specifically for my role that I had in university communication. So I was on the media relations team and one of my roles was connecting with um, journalists. So I created a Twitter account for that. Um, and as my role at UT expanded, so I started out at UT working full time and then maybe three years in, I started going to grad school. So that's the area in time when I met Brandon. So I was working full time and I was in part-time. Um, so as my role at UT Austin expanded um, and I started doing more than just my nine to five, I started, I, I started leading, taking on leadership roles with Black Faculty Staff Association. I started mentoring different students. Um, I started doing more things in the, in the wider Austin community. I, was, I had to really think about, okay, this Twitter account is so much more than just Desiree Cross Ward who works in university communications. Um, and so I was really trying to figure out a way to brand myself holistically mm -hmm. um, because I was becoming a, a whole new person with all these different um, aspects that I was taking on. So um, somebody, I'm going to say Michael, <laughs> 
Michael over here, um, he really pushed me and challenged me to brand myself outside of UT Austin. Mm -hmm. And that is really important because anybody who knows anything about UT Austin, their brand is huge and it can very easily swallow up the people who make up the, the organization and who help the organization run. And so with my social media presence, it was really important for me to not be swallowed up by UT's brand, but really stand on my own as an individual within post-secondary education who do who does all of these different things. And so my advice to everyone who is listening, regardless of where you work at, whether you're at a big university or a big tech company, regardless, like, Everybody has something that is unique about them. And social media is a great tool to use to help you stand out in the crowd, especially in this new age of COVID-19 and, and being virtual. Like it's so easy to get lost in the sauce of the internet. And so if you don't have your own brand, um, again, you can you can get lost. And social media really does help you to brand yourself in a way that is unique and then can help you stand out. Um, so I realized that I had kind of hit like the jackpot as it pertained to like personal branding. Like that's not really something that comes very natural to people. And because of COVID-19 and how virtual our spaces are now, that's something that people are starting to think more about. And so I've mentioned before my the consulting firm that I started, Towards Solutions. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we focus on is that personal branding aspect and helping people figure out how do I create a personal brand and stand out using social media? That's my bread and butter. That's what I like to do. Brandon told y'all he thought I was somebody completely different than than what I actually was, but it was because of how I was presenting myself um, on on social media. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. No, no, no. Well, let, well, let's stay in that vein. I mean, let, let, let's let's stay in that vein because that's related to you know. Because I love. First of all, I love the name two words and the, and the I love the alliterate. I love that. I love words. And y'all are so intentional. When I remember the day. Y'all pushed that out there. And I just remember talking to some mutual friends of ours and going, y'all, they did it. Like, y'all, this is this is it. Like we it's like you can watch people when they're in their element. You know, you watch Michael Jordan play basketball. It's like, OK, that's his thing. Jack Michael Jackson on the stage, Michael and Desiree doing their thing in tech and in social media like this is your Desiree. This is your bag. Like the minute that that came across Twitter to me, I was like. What, what we need to do, what, where we pay it, where we sign up at. Because y'all, I'm telling you, BTV Village, Building the Village audience, y'all need to make sure y'all are paying attention to them now while y'all can afford to because, you know, they're going to be big bank rolling in a little while. So, you know, <laughs> catch up with them, get to know them now while you can afford to. Cause, get grandfathered in, get grandfathered yeah, in. Yeah, yesterday's price. <laughs> It's not going to be today's price, right? But I'm, I'm just so proud of, of just and Desiree hearing you articulate that that vision, right? Of how do I create that personal brand and help people stand out? That is so important. And again, you you've I've only known that side of you. I've only known that expertise that you bring. And so, what what made y'all what what made y'all bring this to life? Like, what made y'all decide that you know what this is this is what we're gonna do? And, and uh, just kind of talk about that. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Michael start. I'm curious what he has to say. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. On the spot. 
I mean, it's very simple to me, right? It was a matter of time, right? The way I see it is that you you go somewhere, you gain experience, and based on where you go and your environment, that will dictate your trajectory. But because when she was at UT, she just hit a ceiling, right? There, there was only so much she could do at UT. And that's what really ignited the the speed in which this this business gets created, right? So because she hit a ceiling and she graduated with her master's, or she got her, so she got her degree, right? And we're thinking about legacy and thinking about our family. And now it's about, okay, well, let's go ahead and leverage the experience and the skills that you have now. And let's make sure you don't get swallowed up by that UT brand, right? Now let's go ahead and start to create your own brand and towards solutions brand and leverage your experience that way and be able to, to really show the value in your worth because it's a lot different talking to an employee at UT versus the co-founder and CEO of a company. Right. Absolutely. Man. Desiree, you got anything you want to add? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, he just hit the nail on the head with timing. Like, it, it was perfect timing. Um, I had just graduated. So I had, like, Michael had been talking about us creating a business for a really long time. Again, y'all, I was working full-time, in school, part-time, and doing a whole bunch of other stuff, volunteering in the community. So with COVID-19 happening, it created an opportunity for a lot of us, a lot of people, to just kind of reevaluate their priorities and it gave us a little bit more time to think about what is important. And for me, like I, I, I wrapped up school, so I didn't have that taking up a lot of my time. It was like, oh, what do I do with all this free time? I, it's time to start this business. Um, and like Michael said, I hit a ceiling at my job. All I was doing was social media, but I have this P, this PR background with this whole communication skill set that I wasn't able to use in my role at UT Austin. And so it was just a perfect storm of COVID hitting and school ending and just having some time to really sit and reevaluate my priorities that led to the decision to, to let go of that nine to five. And um, finally start our our business, which we are, it's more than a business for us. It's a legacy. Mm. Um, and this is just the first step on that journey of creating the legacy towards. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. The only thing I add on that is I'm a selfish person and I'm really not, but I am when I want to be. And I bring that up because my my wife's time should only be spent on what my wife want to spend her time on. So I've been one to really be like, baby, do you really need to be doing that? Right. You know, cause I want you next to me. So if you ain't going to be next to me, then what you doing out doing these other things, let's make sure the value proposition makes sense. Right. Um, so so I, I've been, I've been one to really say, you know, I want to make sure, babe, whatever you have your time on, whatever you're stressing about, make sure it's worth the stress. Right. Cause if it is, if it's not worth the stress, that I don't, I don't want you doing that because I got to be thinking about, you know, your life expectancy and our family, right? And, <laughs> and a happy wife, a happy life, right? So I'm thinking about that long term. So that even comes to play by, you know, do you really like the work that you're doing majority of the day? And if you don't, well, you should probably reevaluate that. See, Mike, you a man, you sound like a man that want to stay married and happily mm. at that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I told y'all to, to be not 30, brother, you dropping some old school wisdom. On the audience today, I like that. I like that. So hey, it's all the yeah. silvers in my hair, man. All the silver in my hair. <laughs> hey, bro. Listen, that's exactly why I just cut all mine off. You know, <laughs> it's liberating, brother. It's liberating. 
I ain't saying you got to try that now because having a having a daughter going to do that naturally anyway. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, let me transition one more time while I because I know that y'all got other things that y'all got to get to. But, Michael, I want to give you a chance to talk about the Austin urban technology movement. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and let our audience know uh, what that is? Of course, Brandon, I would love to. So, everybody, Austin Urban Technology Movement, it's a tech nonprofit startup, and our whole entire focus is to diversify the tech industry. So we help people get inside the tech industry, um, but then we also make sure that once you are part of the tech industry, you survive and thrive, right? Because a lot of times people would go into the tech industry and they may leave because they didn't find their passion, right? They, they didn't find that, that thing that sparked them and make them want to really be a part of the tech industry. Mm -hmm. And when we say the tech industry, that means you either work in tech, you use tech, or you build tech, right? You work in it, you use it, or you build it. That is what the tech industry means today. So through our work, we focus on job placement, career development, and networking opportunities. And the easy way to think about us is what a school really should be, right? We provide certifications, we provide certificates, we provide mentorship, we do several events on a consistent basis all around tech innovation, tech opportunity, tech trends, tech jobs. Uh, we just had a conversation with Dr. Franklin Shang Diaz, the first Costa Rican astronaut, wow. and we had a conversation about the Webb telescope going into space, right? Wow. You know, when I was growing up in, in high school, we didn't have conversations like that. Right when I when I was in Miami, I didn't go and speak with someone who do who does robotics or really think about computer science and think about cybersecurity. Like these conversations wasn't one that we were having. Um, so through our work, we really are, are about exposing our community to the tech industry, and we do prioritize those that are Black and Hispanic because their median income here in in United States is about thirty thousand dollars less than their Caucasian and Asian counterparts. Um, so we do prioritize those that are Black and Hispanic to make sure they get inside the tech industry, uh, but we don't discriminate. Right? About 25% of our audience is Caucasian and Asian. Um, about 55% is women. So we do definitely do focus on getting you know, you know, women inside the spaces as well. Um, but we just remove barriers. And that's ultimately what our goal is, right? So any barrier that an individual person will have, regardless of their age, regardless of their income, regardless of their, their experience level, regardless of their zip code, we help get them inside the tech industry and then keep them there by making them get plugged in, right? Making them attend networking events, making them connect with a mentor. Maybe they find a co-founder, right? Or maybe they hire some employees through the, through the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, so through our efforts, we're about building that tech ecosystem here in Austin. So when more techies come here, they don't want to leave because they, they don't find themselves or they don't have the community inside the tech industry. Um, so that, that that's a lot of the work that we do, and, and I love the growth um, that we that we had because at the end of this year, and like end of this month, we'll have seven full time employees. Um, wow. So that that I remember just two years ago we were at zero, and now we're at wow. seven. So that's exciting. And you've only been here five. Yeah, exactly, exactly. See, see, that's when you know you're doing the Lord's work right there, I man. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Y'all, y'all, y'all have no idea how incredible. Um, 
it is to have both of you on the show today. Like you all are doing some amazing work in the city of Austin. Uh, you definitely, uh, when I made when we made our transition here from South Carolina, uh, you know, y'all, you know, Desiree, you were a big part of that, uh, at the very beginning and, and have continued to be. And so I've really appreciated, uh, being exposed and knowing both of you and being able to, you know, passively navigate and infiltrate y'all's different circles, man. It's just been incredible to see your growth and your journey and watched you all, you know, become homeowners, get married, and now having a daughter. Like, your journey has just been so incredible. And I want our audience to know, regardless of age that's listening, like, this is what they do. Like, that, Desiree and Michael are just two incredible uh, people that you will know more about. They won't just be Austin famous. Like, they're going to be world famous at some point. Um, love it, love it, love it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It can't help but happen. But I just wanted to just say thank you all for uh, hanging out with me uh, on the show today. How can the people, if they want to reach out to you all, what's your preferred way uh, of people uh, wanting to talk to you all about, you know, Desiree, if they want to get a consultation? Paid? We ain't, They ain't doing free work, folks, okay? So this is paid work. Um, they, got, they got a legacy uh, to take care of. But um, how can the people reach out to you all to get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so just on a personal connection or professional connection tip, um, you you hyped up my social media presence quite a bit. So for the people who are interested in who I am holistically, from wife to future mother to CEO, um, you can check me out on Twitter. That's my my favorite platform, and that's at Desiree Cross Ward. My name is spelled very uniquely. I have yet to find another Desiree who spells her name this way. So if you just type in Desiree, I will pop up, and it's spelled D E S E R E. So at Desiree Cross Ward on um, Twitter, uh, and then on LinkedIn, I, I keep that pretty fresh and updated as well. If you want to keep up with what I'm doing, um, Desiree Cross Ward on LinkedIn, um, and then for those who are interested in Towards Solutions, that's our consulting firm that me and Michael co-founded. We focus on communications and branding, as well as business planning and development and management. Um, and so if you are interested in any of those services for your own personal brand or for um, a company that you own, a business that you own or work for, you can find Towards Solutions. You can Google us um, or you can go to TowardsSolutions.com and find more information there. Um, and Towards, Towards is spelled T-W-O, so two because it's two of us. And then Wars, W-A-R-D-S, that's our last name is Ward. So two Towards and then solutions. It is a double entendre. I love uh, playing with words. And so we help businesses and organizations and individuals get towards whatever solution that they are in need of. So Towards Solutions um, is our is our business company name. And I'm going to pass it off to Michael so he can talk about his personal social and then how to get in contact with Autumn. Perfect. So if y'all would like to find all my social media handles, um, it's Mitch Ward Jr., M-I-C-H-W-A-R-D-J-R, and that's on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, you can also go to Google and type in Michael Ward Jr., Austin. I'll come right up. Like, you'll see everything that I do will come up right Michael up. was my first client. Yeah, so as, as you can see, the, the SEO is spot on. So Michael Ward Jr., Austin, you'll, you'll find me. 
Um, but as far as Austin Urban Technology Movement and the work that we're doing inside the tech space, um, that's Autumn HQ, A-U-T-M-H-Q. You can find that um, across our, our social media channels as well. And we're always willing to support and help, right? We're, we're just about eliminating the problem. So if you see a challenge inside the community, reach out to my wife and I. We probably got some solution or something working uh, that we can you know, use your support or connect you with to help you on your journey. So you know, that's what we're doing. And Brandon, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we, we are doing God's work, man. And that's why we do what we do. So, hey. And on that note, thank you both so much for tuning in. Hang out with me one quick second. But to the BTV audience, we love you. We appreciate you. And we hope you'll tune in again with us soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Building the Village. To catch the next episode, be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. The show was hosted and produced by me, Dr. Brandon W. Jones, and edited by Lydia Fortuna. 